You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. It is Wednesday, June the 16th of 2021. We're brought to you today by Locked On MLB, hosted by baseball encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully. It's a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network team of local experts, and insightful analysis from the day's biggest stories. Be sure to subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts, including the Odyssey app. Be sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Locked on Cardinals. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at LJ Fastball. What a game. Cardinals with a 2-1 to win over the Miami Marlins yesterday. And it was a, kind of a, a slow, boring game for the most part. Well-pitched game. Credit to the pitchers as the pitchers are under a lot of fire, a lot of heat right now. But a credit to both pitchers yesterday, both, both Trevor Rogers. And KK Kim getting the job done. Before I go too much further, uh, just one more day of this. Um, recording on just a pair of, of headphones right now, Apple headphones. Uh, not, not not to bash Apple, but just a pair of headphones rather than a microphone. Uh, traveling back home um, Wednesday morning. Recording this Tuesday night. Going back home Wednesday morning. So the rest of the week and every podcast from here on out should be on the proper mic. So my apologies if this isn't the highest of qualities. But hopefully we can still enjoy some Cardinal baseball talk, and enjoy some Cardinal wins, uh, which we haven't been able to do in a while. So uh, hopefully we uh, we still have a good time, and I know I'm going to have a good time. I always have a good time talking with you guys and appreciate the interactions on both Instagram and Twitter, uh, downloads, listens, hashtags, retweets, views, comments, all that stuff. So uh, it's great to be a part of the best fans in baseball. And I know some people might use that as a uh, comedic jab at Cardinal fans, but uh, Cardinal fans are full of wonderful people and just happy to be part of it. So a little side thank you there. So uh, yeah, Cardinals win 2-1. to one. Talking a lot of Paul Goldschmidt today. Talking a lot KK Kim today. And um, just talking about how the, the outlook has really changed in the matter of two days on this Cardinal team. Or at least maybe it feels that way on the field. You know, not not to say that the, the, the holes aren't there. The injuries still don't matter. The injuries now don't matter to say, oh, this team's six. They took two out of three against the 29 and 38 Miami Marlins. No, I'm not that crazy. I'm not saying that the season is fixed and that the Cardinals are going to get on a roll here now and just go on this unforeseen streak. And who that they might because of the lack of a strength of schedule uh, as they play some a lot of teams that aren't in the postseason hunt right now. So it could very well happen. Um, but at the same time, there are still plenty of holes in this team uh, for John Mozilla and company to address. Uh, but but at the same, like all of this going on at the same time, negatives to address, but there are some positives in the last couple of days that I've been noticing, especially from the first person I'm going to highlight, Paul Goldschmidt, that I am really, really happy about. So Paul Goldschmidt obviously drove in, uh, if, you, if you missed it, drove in both runs last night. As the Cardinals with a win, two to one, he drove in the first run in the sixth inning on an RBI single. Then the latter run coming in the ninth inning. And what I really enjoyed about the sixth inning was it was it was two outs. After the Cardinals were, were gifted 
a runner on third base. So here's what happened laid out in the sixth inning. Lane Thomas flies out. Jose Rondon singles on a pitch that was practically at his ankles. Uh, I mean, that, that pitch was the definition of down. Uh, tweeted out, might as well have been playing golf with that kind of swing. He steals second um, on a, or he, first of all, he gets picked off. Uh, as Trevor Rogers throws over, but Trevor Rogers throws it, throws it away. So he's credited with the stolen base. Then he advances to third on that throwing error. And that was huge. And Mike Schilt talked about a postgame about how, you know, Jose Rondon, you know, that they need contributions from every man on that bench. And Jose Rondon right now is a man on the bench. So he gets over to third. Dylan Carlson strikes out on a uh, seven-pitch battle. And then you're thinking, okay, Paul Goldschmidt's up. You're thinking good thoughts, or at least I was trying to think good thoughts, positive vibes. But, you know, Goldie's been struggling a little bit as of late. Nothing jumping out of the page. You just don't know. Yes, he had to hit the day before on Monday. I mean, you just never know. But he ends up putting together a pretty decent at-bat. And he singles the other way on a changeup down with two strikes. Two outs and two strikes. That was a momentum-changing game. Momentum-changing play. He ended up selling second, and Arenado uh, flew out to center field. But for, for Goldie to get that hit there, you know, it, it was kind of one of these moments of, whew, Okay, the card because even at one nothing with the way Trevor Rogers was pitching, even at one nothing, this game felt like, oh boy, this this almost felt insurmountable. The comeback felt insurmountable at times. Uh, but Goldie comes up clutch there, and then in the ninth inning, I'll talk about the, the the bunting fiasco in the eighth a little bit later on. But in the ninth inning, you're, you're feeling pretty good. Two, three, four, Goldschmidt, Nolan, and Tyler O'Neill coming up. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. Uh, but Paul Goldschmidt ends it up saying, hey, I don't need any of you guys. I'll just hit one out. He takes a slider, takes a fastball, one-on-one count, fouls off a heater. Looked like he was right on it. And then he uh, hits a heater up in the zone, which had been a hole in Goldie's swing, um, and proceeds to, to park it in right center field. He talked about a postgame with Jimmy the Cat Hayes that uh, he needs to be better, that he was falling short of his expectations, and he – you know, it was that same way that he was really harsh on him, hard on himself rather in the post game Zoom as well, um, saying that he he needs to be better, falling short of his own expectations, and then, I think that, that that's huge. Talking about a high character guy yesterday and Adam Wainwright, Paul Goldschmidt is another high character guy. Um, for him to kind of, you know, and, and again every, every competitor might do that, and you can say what you will, but I just thought it was really big of Goldschmidt to take ownership and to say, hey, I, I need to be better. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I straight up need to be better. And, you know, again, this is only a two-game stretch here, and I'm not trying to pin the whole Cardinal season turnaround on one player. But if the Cardinals are going to get better, if the Cardinals are going to see any sort of improvement, it part of it needs to come from Paul Goldschmidt. Plain and simple. He has been struggling when you look at his overall slash line. 252 average, a 319 on base. Um, he's slugging at a decent clip, 416, but still not not really Paul Goldschmidt type numbers. He's usually in the mid to high fours, even in the fives for slugging. He's on base usually upper threes, lower fours. So as a result, he's having a little bit of a lower OPS type season. So you'd like to see better numbers from Goldschmidt. And so if, if he's going to get going, then that that's. That's huge for me, for um, for the Cardinals. He's traditionally a better hitter in June anyways. Um, 
maybe not as much as I once thought that he was that much better, but still a better hitter in June. Um, and, you know, when I was digging into the numbers, I thought that the, the splits would be a little bit higher than they were. But Goldschmidt tends to hit well when the weather gets warm. We saw that in his first season. It, he, he is a key in this lineup. I mean, th- this lineup, to say it revolves around him, isn't that far of an overstatement. Because you've got, when you, when you have to rely on a number three hitter. I mean, he, he's your number three hitter for a reason. So he's got to produce. And up to this point in the season, he just hasn't. He needs to be a part of this turnaround for St. Louis. And I, I said it on yesterday's show a little bit, but... The stretch of, of baseball right now for the Cardinals might be favorable to them where they're playing a little bit of weaker, a little bit of a weaker schedule. They've got the Braves, Tigers coming up, Pirates as well. Um, Braves are on Sunday Night Baseball next Sunday, so that should be kind of fun over in Atlanta. But, you know, Golden needs to get it going because we still really haven't seen, in my opinion, prime Paul Goldschmidt since the Cardinals have got him. And yes, he is 33 years old, and we're not probably going to see what he was back in, you know, 2014, 15, and 16 when he was hitting close to 40 home runs and 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 driving in upwards of 100 runs. But he had 34 home runs two years ago. He had his highest on base percentage in five years last year, highest slugging, you know, higher slugging percentage, uh, or no, I'm sorry, but still a very high slugging percentage for Goldschmidt's career norm. Last year, so he's still got something in the tank. He's got to perform better if the Cardinals want to win, and he knows that. And I think that th- these two little games, it's the Cardinals try and get a little bit of momentum. Because if you're a long-term listener of the show, you know. Uh, and if you're not, I'll tell you. I think momentum is key in baseball. I think it is key in baseball to have the momentum. And Goldschmidt and the Cardinals right now have at least a tiny, teeny, tiny bit of momentum as they're on a little bit of a two-game streak here. Not quite enough for a full winning streak yet. They're going to have to win today for that to happen. Uh, but Paul Goldschmidt is going to be a big part of this turnaround if the Cardinals are going to make such a turnaround. Uh, so that'll do it for segment one. Segment two, we talking. I'll start off talking about the botched bunt play or the, the botched bunt call for Mike Schilt and how you know that that was a, another L for Mike Schilt, but how he defended it well. And I think that sometimes he struggles to defend decision, his decision making. He did so well there. And uh, I'll also talk about KK's, K- KK Kim's performance in segment number two. All that and more coming up uh, in just a moment. I've been talking about sports trade a lot lately. If you haven't heard about it, it's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's no wonder this company is blowing up. This site really is amazing. I frankly can't even believe no one else has thought of this concept before, as sports trade truly takes fantasy to the next level. You can buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like in real stocks. It's fair and super exciting way to cash in your knowledge of sports. So if you think you're smart, head over to Sports Trade. Making money with Sports Trade is simple, and they just added baseball on the platform. Baseball players' values rise and fall based on two factors in Sports Trade. One, their performance in each game compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher that player's value goes. And two, good old supply and demand. The more shares purchased in a player, the higher their value. You can instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you'd like, just like the real stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to SportsTrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and sign up to get started. Sign up today at SportsTrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. I really think you're going to be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. 
Get in on the action at sportstrade.com. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront helps make it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. They can create a portfolio for you in a matter of minutes that's globally diversified, a low-cost index funds, and it's personalized just for you. No more manual trading or picking stocks or watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on the preferences that you, yeah, you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, this is automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB, and all you need is $500 to get started to grow your wealth the easy way. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash MLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB and get started today. K.K. Kim in his first start back from the injured list did not disappoint completely. Uh, I thought that he was really good. You know, the, the final line, the, the one negative in there is the five walks. But six innings, three hits, just one earned run. He struck out six, and he was able to navigate out of a tough situation. And it, that, that situation happened in the third inning when he gave up the runs. He had a walk, gave up two singles, and you're starting to think, okay, here we go. Starting to blow up. You got Duvall uh, going to second base after O'Neill overthrew a baseball. So you're thinking, um, you know, again, oh, no. <laughs> uh, you know, what, what's going to happen here? But then he, he's able to bear down because you've got runners on second and third with nobody out, and he gets three ground outs, and the Marlins don't score. Once again, like I talked about before the break, talking about momentum, that was huge for KK Kim to get out of that inning and to kind of sweep the momentum back into his favor. Because after that single by Duvall, he got three ground outs, worked a one, two, three, fourth, walked a man in the fifth, but worked a scoreless fifth, and then a one, two, three, sixth, striking out the last two batters he saw. KK was really, really good yesterday. Worked into the sixth inning for just the first time, for the first time in 2021. And he, he kind of showed us all that he can he can still get out. And I, I get it. It's the Miami Marlins. I understand that. That this team is not, that, like, it's not like KK is doing this against the Cubs or the Dodgers or the Padres. But you got to start somewhere. Because the Cardinals haven't been doing it against the, the bigger teams. they got to do it against the small teams at least. Jazz Chisholm Jr. was held hitless. He was off to a hot start. Starling Marte was a player of the week last week. He was held hitless. Adam Duvall was just 1 for 3. Birdie was 0 for 2. Their catcher went 0 for 4. And again, I understand that the point of this is a weaker schedule, so you expect these results, but you still got to be happy when they get the results. When the results are, are had, you can't just say, Oh, Marlins should have happened. Not happy yet. Have a little bit more joy in you. Because the Cardinals' wins have come few and far between in the last two and a half weeks. So I'll take any win that they can get, especially when a guy like K.K. Kim comes in and pitches like he did. Because this is not something that I expected from K.K. 
I did not think Kim had six innings in him. I, th- I still think that there's a part of me that thinks that he's more of a, he's built out more for the bullpen. That he proved he proved anybody wrong that thought that yesterday pitched really well. And I, I'll tell you what, again, I, I think I feel like I talk a lot about if this guy can do this and if this guy can do that a lot on the show. But if KK can go out and pitch like he did in 2020 and add a little bit of length like we saw last night. That's a big plus of this rotation that desperately needs some starting pitching success. Because outside of Adam Wainwright at home and Jack Flaherty before he was hurt, and the Cardinals really haven't seen too much success this year from the starting rotation. or They haven't seen too much success recently from the starting rotation. But we, we saw this whenever they got one on their first little hot streak there at the middle of end of April when they soared to first place. When this team has good starting pitching, this team wins. Period. It sounds like a cliche. It sounds like a an easy way out, but th- that's just the matter of fact. This team wins when they pitch well. Kim pitched well yesterday, and they won. Granted, Goldschmidt will get the storylines, but KK Kim's performance should not go unnoticed. Something else that should not go unnoticed is the disaster of an eighth inning the Cardinals had offensively. You had back to back, or you had a single by Paul DeYoung. And then Lane Thomas up, and uh, I guess I should have mentioned this earlier, Tommy Evan was scratched with a right trunk um, soreness, something of that nature, um, tightness, I think was the word used. So he, he was unavailable, and it was a question. Was oh, He didn't start, and it was a question of whether or not he'd be fully unavailable or not. Well, based on the game calling in the eighth inning, I would have, I would have said he's completely unavailable, and I would doubt if he starts today on Wednesday. Because to have Lane Thomas bunt there and then to call in on Adam Wainwright to bunt after that, that just shows you that Eben was in no way, shape, or form playing last night. Zero. So anyways, to the decision-making. Paul DeYoung, single. Lane Thomas, bunts. Isan Diaz forgets what he's doing, picks up the ball, looks at second, looks at first, looks at second, eats it. Lane Thomas is on with an infield single. Another gift, the Cardinals were gifted a runner in the 6th that the Cardinals scored, and then they were gifted that opportunity there in the 8th. So in the 6th, they took advantage of that gift. In the 8th, after Lane Thomas bunts, Mike Schultz does not go to his bench when you still had Matt Carpenter and Andrew Kisner at the plate. And by the way, that infield bunt, infield single bunt hit was just Lane Thomas's fifth hit of the year. But he does not, Schilt does not go to his bench. He goes to his bullpen, calls in Adam Wainwright to bunt. And Mike Schilt said he was trying to stay out of the double play. Andrew Kisner has an above 50% ground ball rate or something to that nature. Um, so Kisner would have been a double play candidate. So like I said in the first segment, at least Schilt had a way to back up his decision making. However, this is the second time that this has happened to Schilt recently. We saw the, I forget what series it was, but the Rondone bunt fiasco a couple weeks ago. I think it was against the Reds. I can't remember exactly, but you bunt it the first time. It works out. Great. And then he pushes his luck, bunts again, and you bunt into a double play. I can't remember if Rondone bunted into a double play or if he, if he was just um, called out or what. I think it was a double play. But nevertheless, at some point, you got to can the bunt game. I understand this is the senior circuit. Mike Schultz, an old-school guy. Bunting was the way of the world back back in the day. It's not anymore. 
it's not anymore. And I'm as a traditionalist as they come, especially for somebody who's 20 years old. But I was not a fan of that second bunt call. And it worked out in the end. But this just goes to my point as well, that managers don't have a big as out impact on the game as some people like to think they do. Because even with that managerial mistake, in my opinion, the player didn't execute. But even even with that, the player, as in Paul Goldschmidt, won the game later, regardless of whether that play would have worked out anyways. So the players have to get the job done, do what they're told to do. And Wainwright didn't. And you would, you would think that Wainwright being called to bunt, you know, at least he's a pitcher, he's bunted before, probably has more experience bunting than Jose Rondon does. Um, but nevertheless, bunts into a double play. Then Dylan Carlson's called out on strikes to end the inning with that runner on second base. So Carlson continues to be in a bit of a scuffle, and the Cardinals finish their day uh, going one for five with an artist in scoring position. But I was just thought I thought that I found that interesting that he would go to that bunt call again uh, after, like I said, pushing your luck on the first bunt and kind of getting bailed out on the brain guffaw uh, by by that third baseman uh, Isan Diaz. So. Hats off to KK Kim. Hats off to Paul Goldschmidt. And I'm not saying Mike Schultz an awful manager, but uh, the Cardinals get back to 34 and 33. Uh, they, they Cubs lose, Brewers lose. So the Cubs and Brewers still sit at 38 and 29. Um, Reds uh, won their five-game winning streak, 34 and 31. So the Reds are three games back, and the Cardinals are four games back. And they're also four games back in the wild card. Uh, so they continue to, to make slow but steady climbs. That's all you can ask for at this point. Uh, the Cubs play at New York. The Brewers play against the Reds uh, on the 16th, and the Reds obviously play the Brewers. So hopefully, you know, you, you would hope that the Reds win and the Cardinals win, so that the Cardinals and Reds can both gain ground on Milwaukee. But, um, but, but yeah. So, so that, that's kind of my thoughts on, on the game, and uh, obviously, there's a lot more to get into. I thought O'Neill looked looked solid. Um, he went hit us, but I thought his at bats looked good. He was able to draw a walk, which is something you don't see every day. Um, but then, yeah, lots of zeros in that lineup. Um, hats off to Trevor Rogers. Six innings, three hits, a walk, six punch outs, just a one earned run. Uh, but in segment number three, I'll kind of give my thoughts on the sticky stuff situation, my reaction to some pitchers' reaction um, in segment number three, as well as talk about game number three as the Cardinals go for the sweep against the Miami Marlins. So all that coming up here in segment number three on the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor? As a Bilt Bar fan, I'm definitely passionate about my favorite, and every Bilt Bar fan is passionate as well. And You should all know my favorite is double chocolate. Every single bar is covered 100% in chocolate, but I just can't get enough chocolate. The other flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, like I said, and salted caramel. Double chocolate's just so good, I had to mention it again. So there's something for everyone. If you haven't tried all the flavors, that's okay. Get yourself a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're healthy too. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So what are you waiting for? Head over to BuiltBar.com right now. I'll give you more incentive. Use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order 
at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place your bets on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and infos for not just your baseball needs, but also the NBA, NHL, and UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, or even after the next pitch, you can bet on the next game. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50%, that's right, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can get that 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So I'm not sure if you heard, but the MLB, uh, or uh, not the MLB, but MLB came out with a uh, some guidelines in a memo sent out to the clubs about the, the sticky stuff. Um, and long story short, if you're st- short, if you're caught with it, 10 game suspension with pay, which is one could argue is pretty soft. Um, starting pitchers are going to be inspected regularly. I believe this starts June 21st or 24th. I can't remember exactly. A lot of pitchers sounding off on it. Jack Flaherty taking Twitter. Trevor May took to Twitter. Tyler Glass, Glass now or Glasgow. Um, Class now went on a whole rant about it. Lucas Giolito went on a rant about how can you punish us but not even touch the Astros. And I think that's an interesting angle. And I agree with that angle that if MLB isn't going to punish the Houston Astros for blatantly cheating at the game's biggest stage, then it seems a little bit tough to draw the line here on sticky stuff, on foreign substances. My biggest problem with it, why are you doing it in the middle of the season? Why was this not addressed in the off season? They came out saying, "Hey, we're going to address it. We're going to, we're, we're going to, you know, drop the hammer down. No more of it. We're done with it." And then all of a sudden, it goes on. It's blatant. A lot of guys are doing it. Giovanni Gallegos gets quote unquote caught with some sunscreen and some rosin, and now all of a sudden, it's a whole blown up thing. RPMs have gone down since that incident with Joe West, and now people are losing their minds. Offense has gone up. Mike Schultz doesn't believe in coincidences, so he believes that has something to do with it. I just, why are you doing this now? This should have been addressed better in the offseason. This is just another example of Major League Baseball, in my opinion, not handling a situation well. They had the opportunity to address this in the offseason, to come out with this memo in the offseason. Something else that this, this said was that you can't use anything from spider tack, which is blatantly illegal, now all the way down to sunscreen and rosin. So they are, when they say put the hammer down, they mean put the hammer down. And we're reaching the end of this CBA, and a new one's going to be negotiated in the offseason. And you can bet this is going to be a topic of negotiation. And we already know that most of the players, at least most of the pitchers, are not happy with this situation. So I think we are screeching, or we are heading towards a screeching halt, rather, towards a work stoppage or at least some sort of delay in negotiation or something uh, because this is not looking good right now as the players have just another reason, at least the pitchers have just another reason to be pissed at Major League Baseball for the sticky stuff. And it's just unfortunate that this is happening now during the season as pitchers try to adjust. You know, 
and I just want to address one other thing about this. Talking about Adam Wainwright, I mentioned how much of a high character it was and that he took responsibility. I wasn't trying to say what he did was right. I wasn't trying, and I, nobody's coming at me for this that I know of, but I just wanted to get, get my point clarified that I'm not trying to say that just because he apologized means that he should be completely let off the hook and that he what he did was right and what he did was right just because he's a Cardinal. And I'm not saying that. I'm also not saying he should get suspended 10 games or have his career tarnished for that six or seven game start of using sticky stuff, whatever that was back then that was concocted. But I, I was just trying to point out the fact that he did what a lot of guys haven't done in a lot of situations, a la Garrett Cole, a la the entire 2017 Astros team, of, of own up to cheating and make a sincere apology. Um, the latter did not make a sincere apology. I don't care what anybody says. Um... Yeah, I thought that was big for Wainwright, and again, I wasn't trying to defend that action. I was just trying to defend and give praise to the character that Wainwright has. But it's just odd timing for the sticky stuff to to be at the forefront, and I, I just really hope that it doesn't end up being an issue down the road. But before I let you go, I want to wrap up here pretty soon. Uh, Sandy Alcantara versus Johan Oviedo. It'll be tough. Alcantara um struck out 10 batters um uh, in the most recent or in his last start rather against the cardinals in april uh in his last five starts he has a 2.38 era and yohan oviedo goes today for the cardinals he's 0-2 with the area 5-7-2 but has had two good starts in a row um toss up i pretend to lean toward the marlins i think alcantara is going to be good uh it was really key for the cardinals yesterday to get a serious win uh, but maybe paul goldschmidt stays hot um, and uh, and helps the Cardinals. I just also hope that Mike Schilt does not sit too many regulars today. Uh, that he, uh, he tends to do so on days like today, where the day game, getaway day, they're traveling to Atlanta after this. Uh, so hope a lot of regulars are in, uh, including Paul Goldschmidt. He's getting hot. Keep him in the lineup. Keep him hot, and uh, go from there. Before I let you go, I want to tell you to listen to the Locked On Today podcast. They're talking Kevin Durant. And boy, was he fantastic yesterday. Be sure to get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today podcast. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow this podcast as well on the Odyssey app. Be sure to follow the Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Slowly but surely, guys, the Cardinals are improving. At least one would hope they're improving. Slowly but surely, one step at a time. And uh, that step today is a 115 first pitch against the Miami Marlins as the Cardinals go, or excuse me, 12-15 first pitch against the Marlins as the Cardinals go for a sweep. So tomorrow will be a post-game recap and a series preview against the Atlanta Braves. So until I talk to you again, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.